Welcome to The Week Ahead in Russia, RFERL's Monday podcast about significant developments and upcoming events in Moscow and beyond. I'm Steve Gutterman, and my guest this week is Matthew Luxmore, a journalist based in Moscow. Matthew, uh, today I wanted to talk about a couple of things. One is the Russian government's push to shut down Memorial, one of the oldest and most widely respected human rights groups in Russia. Um, The other is the crisis on the border between Poland and Belarus, uh, which I'd say is first and foremost a humanitarian crisis. Uh, with the fate of many migrant families in the balance. But it has also aggravated tension between the West and Belarusian ruler Alexander Lukashenko and also between the West and Russia. Uh, let's talk about that first. Matthew, uh, you did a gripping story for RFERL from the border area uh, in Poland earlier this month. Um, I think uh, really one of the first accounts uh, from the area itself. Um, uh, It focused on one Syrian family's desperate ordeal, but also described the situation as a whole. Tell us a bit about what is going on there and what you saw. Sure. I mean, it's a rather incredible um, situation there on the border. Um, Thousands of migrants have made it to the border with Poland by way of Belarus flying from countries like Yemen, Syria, Iraq, Iraq, Afghanistan, and in most most cases seeking a better life in Europe and seeking asylum, uh, predominantly in Germany. So they hope to pass through Poland en route to Germany. But when I was there, um, you could simply walk through the forest um, near the border area um, adjoining uh, Poland and Belarus, which has been cordoned off by police. Um, But if you walk through the forest in the areas that are not part of the restricted zone, you could occasionally see people just walking through the forest. And it became very clear um, that some of these people were in dire straits, um, that they had slept in the forest for a long time, um, evading essentially police army um, and and, and, and police patrols, because if they were caught, they would then be pushed back across the border into Belarus in most cases um, that have been cited by rights activists and um, the migrants that I've spoken to and the other journalists have spoken to as well. And this is really kind of escalating into a much bigger geopolitical crisis with Belarus and its backer, Russia on one side, um, and Poland, which is essentially, in the words of Polish officials, defending the, the European Union's um, eastern flank from um, what um, Angela Merkel, for instance, said is um, state-backed human trafficking by Lukashenko's um, government in Belarus. So the situation is certainly escalating, and it's kind of unclear right now. You have a standoff in the border with um, um, several thousand migrants on the Belarusian side who um, occasionally at night in small groups are able to break through. And then you have around 12,000 Polish troops that are monitoring and and, and controlling the other side of the border, trying to stop these migrants from slipping through. And at the same time, you have conditions, um, weather conditions that are rapidly uh, worsening. So it's becoming far colder in that part of uh, Poland and Belarus. And many of these people are ill-equipped to uh, survive those kinds of conditions, especially those who have already slept there for a long time. Um, These people read often upbeat Uh, Arabic language posts on various forums that they've uh, looked at before making this journey, which they pay several thousand dollars for in many cases Mm -hmm. to um, certain package tour companies. 
And then they head to the border, and I think many of them don't quite expect uh, what they find. But what they have found um, is um, quite a um, quite a dire um, situation where they have to wait for a very long time for something that may never come, which is asylum in Poland or Germany. Yeah, and I guess I mean the family you focused on, uh, you know, that you met. Uh, they they were you know most of their members were were essentially hiding out in in the forest and swampy. Uh, wet, cold uh, area, but but I guess in a way, you know, they finally got through. And I guess it, you know, I'd hate to say it, but it seems like they were perhaps lucky in terms of the timing, as as it's getting, you know, getting colder, and and the situation seems to be getting more, um, you know, more desperate. I guess, and uh, and as the geopolitical situation also kind of develops around it. Yeah, certainly, and Poland is um, dispatching more and more troops to the border area, really building up its forces there. Um, Yesterday, one senior Polish official invoked um, NATO's help in monitoring the border. And at the same time, we've obviously seen the movements, um, the Russian troop movements near the border with Ukraine, which um, U.S. officials have warned could be um, part of some kind of planned invasion even of Ukraine. So that that this part of the world is certainly very much um, tense at the moment, and people are very much watching for a possible escalation. So it's um, anything, um, you know, it's, 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 it's one to watch, but, um, you know, uh, it's definitely tense. Yeah, and uh, I guess one of the things the U.S. the U.S. officials are saying is that, you know, this, this uh, Russia is, is, you know, using this, this migrant crisis on the Belarusian-Polish border and to some extent Lithuanian border to uh, uh, distract or to draw attention away from the situation uh, around Ukraine and the Donbass, where you know where you have these um, uh, uh, what what you know many Western countries say are worrisome uh, troop movements. So, uh, but right. I, I guess that's um, a discussion for for a further podcast maybe um i'd like to go on uh, now to what really seems like a momentous development inside russia uh, even if it's perhaps uh predictable and certainly part of the kremlin's clampdown on civil society independent media and opponents both real and perceived i'm talking about the memorial efforts to close memorial um, i say uh perceived because in this case uh, in a way the idea that memorial could actually be an opponent uh uh, or a danger to the Russian government, uh, which has in part, uh, you know, a- accused it of being, uh, of supporting extremism, you know, seems quite outlandish on the face of it. This is a group that has worked uh, doggedly since uh, the 1980s, among, among other things, to establish truth uh, about the Soviet past, expose the crimes of the Stalin era and the rest of the Soviet period. And that's something that many people um, believe is crucial for Russia's future, uh, a reckoning with the past. But it's clear that many in Russia's ruling circles do not share that view. Uh, And Kremlin critics say the effort to close Memorial is, in fact, an effort to obscure the past. Just to give uh, some details, Memorial said uh, last week that prosecutors have asked courts to order the closure of both International Memorial and the Memorial Human Rights Center, which are parts of the same movement. Uh, Hearings are scheduled for the Russian Supreme Court uh, and the Moscow City Court on these two uh, cases or lawsuits against Memorial next week. Matthew, you're in Moscow. How is this being seen there? 
think this uh, really uh, this 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 news uh, last week that um, prosecutors were moving to close Memorial completely uh, really came as um, a momentous piece of news and quite a shocking piece of news, I think, for um, anyone tied to Memorial, um, but also just people, I think, who care about Russia's um, uh, transparency about the past or hoped for transparency about the past. I mean, this is Russia's oldest human rights organization. It's an organization for the last 30 years has really uh, doggedly and painstakingly worked to uncover um, Soviet era crimes quite objectively, I think, um, and um, and really uh, encouraged officials to speak about them openly. They've also had a huge network of activists across Russia who have been working on a local level to uh, encourage the erection of monuments um, to um, victims of the Soviet-era uh, gulag forced labor camps to um, trawl through local archives and bring um, people the truth about these dark pages of Russia's past. And they've really, I think, um, as an organization, been, I guess, a bulwark to um, the government attempts to really muddy the waters around um, Russia's history, which um, is certainly a campaign that has been ratcheted up um, um, throughout Putin's um, uh, 21 years in power. So this is a very, very significant development. Um, it's unclear yet, um, uh, rather, it's not confirmed yet the memorial will be shut down. But as we saw recently with the case against opposition leader Alexei Navalny's um, uh, movement in Russia, um, when prosecutors in Russia moved to declare your group extremist or shut it down for another reason, um, the subsequent court case um, doesn't usually tend to go in your favor. So I think most people in Russia supporters of Memorial, but also just, um, I guess, more neutral observers probably expect um, this particular move against Memorial to go ahead. And um, I think it's worth adding also that this should definitely be seen in the scope um, and the kind of larger scope of um, Russia's Russian government's crackdown on um, opposition and really civil society groups that has really accelerated over the past year since the return um, to Russia of Navalny. Um, after his convalescence in Germany from the effect of poisoning that he blames on the Kremlin. So I think on one hand, yeah, authorities have for a long time been um, kind of waging this war of attrition against Memorial, slapping it with uh, lots of fines because of its alleged violations of um, the duties that were imposed on it due to its uh, foreign agent label. But I think it also should definitely be seen as a kind of victim maybe of uh, the times to a large extent where this broader campaign against civil society and the opposition has been accelerating. And um, I think few large movements have really uh, managed to really kind of slip through, slip through the net. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I feel like in this case, it's kind of like it was somehow unexpected, but it, but expected at the same time, if, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. And we'll, uh, so we'll see next week um, uh, with the hearings, uh, court hearings in the Supreme Court and Moscow City Court. Um, but uh, as you say, you know, these, these things, uh, these cases uh, do not often go, um, go uh, in favor of the uh, groups or individuals that are being targeted by, by the state. Um, Okay, we're running out of time and we'll wrap it up there. Matthew, thanks very much for joining me. Sure, thanks for having me, Steve. Okay, great to have you on the podcast again. Uh, I'll be back next Monday and please keep an eye out on Friday for my Week in Russia newsletter. Thanks for listening.